Salutations, listeners. You're listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast, and I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it's our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we are going to be taking a very special spotlight on Impulse Records, but not what you may think. If you're thinking that this episode is going to be laced with John Coltrane and Archie Shep, then you're wrong. Because we might do that later on, but what this episode is spotlighting is another side of Impulse Records. I've recently been reading the book by Ashley Kahn, Impulse Records, The House That Train Built. And in that book, they list a lot of the weird, odd, funky side projects um, that were created by producers such as Creed Taylor, but more importantly, Bob Teal. And I'm not going to say that I'm the expert as far as the end-all, be-all for everything jazz, but I have been listening to jazz for over 30 years. That's three decades. And a lot of these titles and artists were new to me. They caught me off guard. And of course, my podcast brain said, well, if I'm not hip with these, then there's probably some real jazz listeners out there that would love to hear some of these as well. So, after some collecting and some digging, I have 12 gorgeous tracks for you that are oddities, funky, groovy, otherworldly. So sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and let's delve into another side of Impulse Records here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Enjoy.
all it meant to me It can never bring The things that used to be For I mean To care for no one That's why I'm through with love That's why I'm through With Thank you. 
So, um, yeah, guarantee you George and Ira Gershwin did not think that that tune from Porgy and Bess would wind up becoming a jazz disco track with funky trombone solo all over it. So, okay, that was a group called Brass Fever. And it was on the Impulse record label. It came out in 1976. It was their second album for Impulse Records. And if you're kind of shaking your head, rolling your eyes, going, what is he doing playing that? Well, if you haven't figured out by now, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, there's always a method to my madness. Check out the personnel that is in Brass Fever. In the trumpet section, Al Ahrens, Bobby Bryant, Oscar Brashear, and the great Snooky Young. In the trombone section, Maurice Spears, Garnet Brown, George Bohannon, and the great Jimmy Cleveland. In the flute section and the alto saxophone section. Might as well call it just reed section, right? None other than the great Pee Wee Ellis, the one who composed the chicken. Yes. Sahib Shihab. That's the same Sahib Shihab that recorded those blue note sides with Thelonious Monk on his first recordings. And, of course, the great Ernie Watts, who you may have heard from Charlie Hayden's Quartet West. On the electric guitar, the duties are shared between Lee Rittenauer, who you may know from the group Foreplay with Bob James, uh, and Ray Parker Jr. And if that name might ring a bell in your brain, if you've ever heard Ghostbusters, the song, then you know Ray Parker Jr. On keyboards, John Barnes Jr. and Jerry Peters. On the electric bass, Henry Davis and Scott Edwards. On the drums, James Gadson. On the congas, Eddie Bongo Brown. And the percussion role, the one and only Bill Summers. That's right, the same Bill Summers from Headhunters fame with Herbie Hancock. And in the backing vocal group, Reggie Dozier, Esmond Edwards, Julia Tillman, Oren Waters, Shirley Jones, Brenda Jones, Valerie Jones, Luther Waters, 
and none other than Maxine Waters. I can't prove that it's the congresswoman, but the timeline sets up about right. So, yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Now, here's where it gets a little bit more interesting, because this album, by the way, besides covering Summertime, they also cover um, Dancing Machine, Mr. Tambourine Man, Boogie on Reggae Woman, and Taking It to the Streets. But the previous album from 1975, the... Self-entitled album, Brass Fever, by Brass Fever. Also featured Shelly Mann on the drums, John Handy on alto sax, Frank Rosalino on trombone, and Buddy Collette on flute. And they were covering Lady Marmalade and Sunshine Superman. Yeah. So, just so you know... This was a, a, a total thing. It's very interesting. And it all happened on Bob Teal's watch at Impulse. That's right. The same Impulse records that gave you the Africa Brass Sessions and Blues and the Abstract Truth. Yep. So this is why this was a little new to me, and uh, it may be new to you. In the middle of that set, we heard a gorgeous gorgeous vocal rendition uh, and ballad form of I'm Through With Love written by Gus Kahn and the vocalist is Lorez Alexandria which I've read the name but I've never really delved into her albums before that was a mistake on my part big time because she has a great sincere phrasing to the way that she crafts a tune. It's almost... It reminds me of Betty Carter. Not as extreme as Betty Carter. But Betty Carter and Sarah Vaughn. And uh, it's just... It's really enjoyable. There's a lot of great standards on here. Um, Lerner and Lowe's Show Me. I've Never Been in Love Before. Satin Doll, My One and Only Love. Over the Rainbow, Get Me to the Church on Time. The Best is Yet to Come. Uh, I've grown accustomed to his face. Give me the simple life. And of course, the last track to conclude the album was one that we heard. The gorgeous I'm Through With Love. And as I said, it features Lorez Alexandria on vocals, on bass. I mean, the personnel here is just killer. So if Brass Fever kind of threw you a loop, listen closely here. On bass, Mr. PC, Paul Chambers. On the drums... Jimmy Cobb. On piano and vibraphone, Victor Feldman. Also on piano, Wynton Kelly. Now, let's just pause right there. This album is from 1964. But Bob Teal and Lorez Alexandria went out and got the exact same rhythm section from Miles Davis's Kind of Blue. Now, I understand that Winton was only on one track. Bill Evans is on the rest of the tracks. Believe me, I understand that. But this is the exact rhythm section for Freddie Freeloader. Paul Chambers, Jimmy Cobb, Winton Kelly. Think about that just for a minute. Crazy. 
And then, if you really want to put an asterisk to it, Victor Feldman was he he recorded with Miles Davis as well on the Seven Steps to Heaven album. So, boom. Now, Ray Crawford was on guitar. Paul Horn was on flute and alto sax. And the one and only Bud Shank was also on flute. There were some different flute duties going on there. So, this is an incredible lineup to back up a really, really tasteful singer. And, um, yeah, it's well done. It's really well done. I, I, I was very shocked that this one was not on my radar, and that was my mistake. So, yeah, I feel much more enlightened now, and hopefully you do too. So check out some more Lorez Alexandria. Totally worth it. And then, at the beginning of the set, we started out with Senior Baker. No, that's the name of the track, Senior Baker. And it comes from <clears throat> the, I believe, 1973. Yes, 1973 album, En Medio. E-N-M-E-D-I-O. En Medio. Um, by Garrett Sorracho. And... Um, well, let's start with that. Who is Garrett Sorracho? Well, Garrett Sorracho is a fourth-generation Los Angelino of San Carlos Apache and Mexican de- of San Carlos Apache and Mexican descent, with a recording output that spans genres, labels, and decades. Perhaps best known for the mysterious 1973 LP and Medio, he has recorded numerous other projects that blend pop electronic, R&B, and indigenous music traditions. The lost 1973 landmark Chicano jazz album, En Medio, is available to stream on Garrett Sorracho's Bandcamp page. So go to, if you're interested in, in streaming this album, Garrett Sorracho, that's G-A-R-R-E-T-T, S-A-R-A-C-H-O dot Bandcamp dot com. So, it's available to stream for the very first time. You can listen to the entire album. Um, It was given five stars from Downbeat Magazine. And he calls it a cosmic slop, to use the Parliament Funkadelic term. A cosmic slop of jazz, funk, Latin soul, and rock lost to time and rescued for modern audiences. Now, there's also a Jazz is Dead series, and if you're not familiar with that, that's a whole can of worms, which is wonderful. But Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad uh, have teamed up in November of 2022 with Garrett Sorracho. For the Jazz is Dead series. It's volume 15. So that's something else to check out. He's got some incredible um, synthesizer, you know, keyboard works going on. This one just blew me away. I absolutely love this album. It's very groovy. It's very serious kind of... It, it, it's got a very bullish kind of um, personality to this album. Um, I wish that they would... Uh, 
re re-released this on CD for Impulse Records, but yeah, this is one of the ones that is like, why don't I know about this? Who is this guy? You know, so that's one of the reasons I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm sharing it with you is hopefully you're digging this too, you know, because uh, that's what we aim to do is just kind of lighten your day, hip you to some new songs and some new artists. And um, yeah, remember, we're not making a dime off this. So if you know someone who would dig this kind of music, please pass the Dr. Jazz podcast along to them. Okay. We're just here for educational and uh, jazz spiritual reasons. You know, it's an evangelical mission to try to make everybody feel a little groovier, right? So don't forget, you can find the Dodge Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean. We are there. So it's easy to tell any of your friends, hey, check out the Dodge Jazz Podcast. It's really hip. Also, if you are wanting to uh, find out all of the track information artists and what their album artwork looks like in the order in which we play them we've got that covered for you just go to our website it's dr jazz podcast d-r-j-a-z-z podcast dot wordpress dot com and there you can find out all that information plus if you click contact at the top of the page it will pop up a blank box for you to craft an email and click it and you will and it will send directly to me and I promise I will write you back maybe not right away Life's get bu- life gets busy from time to time but I will write you back and we always you know love here at the podcast viewing our email uh, our emails from listeners so yeah alright enough talking from me let's get back to some groovy music from this other side of Impulse Records here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
Okay. So, that tune was a a composition called Precious Leaf. And uh, seeing that it was released in 1971, yeah, it's probably that leaf. Um, (laughs) that was by none other than saxophonist John Clemmer. Yep. The same John Clemmer that is known for being like one of the godfathers of the beginnings of smooth jazz. Um, yeah. Saxophonist John Clemmer is on tenor, tenor soprano saxophone plus electric piano percussion and echoplex don menza is on the alto flute and bass clarinet mike lang is on piano and electric piano so is mike wofford uh electric piano and clavinet the great howard roberts is on guitar on bass reggie johnson and wilton felder that's right the same wilton felder from the jazz crusaders or later shortened to just the Crusaders. On the drums, Jim Keltner and Shelly Mann. Yeah, Shelly Mann was really making a dollar holla back in the day. You know, in the early 70s, right? On percussion, Mark Stevens and Gary Coleman. No, not that Gary Coleman. Um, on vocals, uh, on two tracks on the album, not on that track that we heard, Marnie Nixon. Yes. So, in 1971... Impulse was even releasing music like this by future smooth artists like John Clemmer, which I had no idea. I had no idea. My, my knowledge of John Clemmer is pretty limited, you know. Um, I, I, I've heard a few things like the album Touch, um, Barefoot Ballet, you know couple of those things and there's there's a couple of tracks that's not bad by John Clemmer you know that I've heard but you know um yeah this one kind of took me by surprise because I felt that I knew the impulse catalog pretty well and it turns out I didn't I didn't at all uh which is a great segue into the middle track that we heard by Clifton I'm sorry Clifford Coulter And we heard Do It Again from his 1970 album for Impulse Records, Eastside San Jose. And I'm sorry, this is a pure soul album. You know what I mean? I don't think there's anything jazz to do with this, you know, if you ask me. But, I mean, it's a great track. You know, it really is. Um, Joe Provost is on the drums. Jimmy Calhoun's on electric bass. Jerry Perez is on rhythm guitar. Mel Brown is on regular guitar. Cornelius Bumpus on tenor sax. Gino Landry on the alto sax. John Turk on the trumpet with a gorgeous solo in there. And Clifford Coulter uh, wrote all these tracks, played piano, organ, electric piano, and guitar, plus was the vocalist. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a soulful album. There's no doubt about it, but I, you know, there's not a lot of jazz on that, that, that feeling. I mean, just cause you got a horn section. I mean, hell, even Otis Redding had a horn section, right? So, um, yeah, 
But it, 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 the reason I added it to this episode of the podcast is to just display. And by the way, that one was not a Bob Teal project, just to be on the up and up. The producer for Impulse on that album was Ed Michelle. So it's worth noting that Impulse, even as um, lauded as it is to jazz fans, you, you got to realize that they were going through some things. 1970, 1971. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. This is the same record company, you know, with all those Archie Shep, Marion Brown, avant-garde, you know, things. Albert Eiler, right? Yeah, Pharaoh Sanders. There's another guy, you know. Um, and even to this day, who have released albums by, like, Diana Krall, John, John Schofield. Um, yeah, The Comet is Coming. Even modern groups like that. Uh, ir- irreversible Entanglements. Uh, but yeah, it. Whew, about 50 years ago, it was a different story. So there you go. All right, and then at the beginning of the set. <laughs> uh, I can't even make this up. We heard a track called Enjoy, Enjoy by Emil Richards and the Microtonal Blues Band from their Impulse album, Journey to Bliss. Yeah. Um, it's a special thing. First of all, l- l- the tune Enjoy, Enjoy uh, is in a 3-2-3-3-1 kind of time feel. Uh, they kind of break it down. There's a tune called uh, Mantra that's in 5-4. There's uh, six parts to Journey to Bliss, which is in 11-4. There's a tune called Maharimba, which is in 7-4, and then Enjoy, Enjoy, which is 3-2-3-3-1. There you go. Um, The microtonal blues band includes, besides Emil Richards, Joe Porcaro on the drums, Mike Creighton on percussion, Dave McKay on keyboards, Ray Neapolitan on the bass, Tom Tedesco on the guitar, Dennis Budimir on guitar, Mark Stevens on percussion, Barbara Jess on the lyrics, and Hagen Beggs on narration throughout. Now, this writing is really small, uh, but I'm going to try to read it for you because... It is intense. It is super intense. It says instruments used by the microtonal blues band. Electric vibraphone, electric clavinet, electric harpsichord, electric guitar, bass, electric bass, electric sitar, drums, tambura, Tibetan mouth organs. Uh, It looks like a flagamba. I don't know. A three-fourths tone... No, I'm sorry. A quarter-tone xylophone, African marimba, water chimes, cymbalum, Chinese cymbals, banjo, sled gongs, thumb pianos, flexitones, uh, tumbegs, gamelian gongs, mixing bowls, steel drums, timbales, rotatoms, Siamese gongs, chimes... Onglungs, 
31 tone bells, 33 tone vibes, the 22 tone xylophone, tree bells, duo, duo vigong. The writing is so frayed right here. Lower trans celeste, upper trans celeste, boobums, crotales, surrogate, kithara, bongos, congas. High and low rhythm logs, slit logs, Thailand marimba, dharma bells, octa marimba, tuned waste baskets, jawbone, Buddha bell, vibraslap, wood table, Yugoslav flutes, German gongs, Chinese gongs, American marimba, and temple blocks. Yeah. Whew. That's a list. That's a total, total list. Yeah. So, Emil Richards and the Microtonal Blues Band from 1968, Journey to Bliss on the Impulse Records. I mean, the whole album's really cool. It's definitively one of those conversational items if you have it in your collection. You know, it's one of those... Yeah, you want to hear something weird? Check this out. <laughs> uh, so, either way, hopefully you dug it. Uh, you know, like I said, this is, I'm, I'm being true to form. The title of this episode is Another Side of Impulse Records. You thought you knew Impulse Records. Hell, I thought I knew Impulse Records. Apparently, I did not. Because there's stuff like this that's out there. And it's... Some of it's kind of humorous. Some of it's kind of head-turning. Some of it's just amazing that it made it to that label. So, But it was definitely a different time back in the day. So we are halfway through. Uh, we've got two more great sets coming at you. Um, yeah, so don't go anywhere. If you need to pause, grab a refill. That's cool. But don't forget about us. We've got some awesome stuff that will be sure and make you turn your head. Or at least, you know, make your ears perk up. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to another side of Impulse Records here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Lonely in the night, she wanders. Who can she tell of her heartache? They that listen do not care. They don't share Once she wore a smile of gladness 
that knew her didn't care, wouldn't wait to drops. They left the Thank you. 
across the sea, past soundless deserts of realities. A gentle breeze was blowing then, so soft and subtly. I stopped to take the late sunshine before the warm light ceased. I would not rest for some time on my journey to the east. Peace is what I had come searching for. Spiritual comfort, thoughts far from those of war. And then I went on with my pilgrimage to find the home of light. I traveled on for quite a while until late in the night. It seems then I moved time and space like scenes in some fine play, and all beings seemed to welcome me as I went on my way. I saw things that were far removed from what I thought was truth, and then I knew I'd come upon the soul's home and its youth. Peace is what I had come searching for. Spiritual comfort thoughts far from those of war. I woke up in a daze from deep within and then my vision ceased. That was the way I came upon my journey to the east. Deserts of reality. A gentle breeze was blowing then, so 
so soft and suddenly I stopped to take the late sunshine before the warm light ceased. I would not rest for some time on my journey to the east. journey to the east yeah okay (laughs) so that was by none other than bill Plummer and the cosmic brotherhood kid you not um okay so besides it sounding like a cool rod serling you know intro into the twilight zone with sitar accompaniment let's give you a little backstory here so the cosmic brotherhood was conceived and led by this uh, sitar master and multi-instrumentalist bill Plummer. Uh, Plummer's from boulder colorado he was born in 1938 he was trained on piano uh, string bass trumpet marimba and vibraharp uh, but at the age of 20 he picked up and moved to la Uh, to pursue a career in jazz and he happened to pick up the sitar under the instruction of the great Ravi Shankar. By 1966 Bill Plummer was touring with Tony Bennett and Miles Davis. Yep, I kid you not. And he formed a group called the Jazz Corps. Now the Jazz Corps was an experimental ensemble that included Maurice Miller and Lynn Blessing. But Plummer's love for jazz and Eastern music came together on the 1967 LP Bill Plummer and the Cosmic Brotherhood for Impulse Records, where he blended the sitar with wind instruments, drums, strings, and bells. Highlights from this record include the trippy song that we just heard, Journey to the East, as well as a cover song of The Birds, 
Lady Friend. Now here's where it really gets interesting. The band featured a plethora of musicians, including Hirsch Hommel on the sitar, tambura, and vocals, Milt Holland on the tabla, Ray Neapolitan on the sitar and tambura, Jan Stewart on the sarod and tambura, Ray Anthony on guitar, Lynn Blessing, again, on vibes and bells, Dennis Budimir on the guitar, Mike Creighton on the transceleste, Duo Vigong and the American Tree Bells, Boobams, Surrogate Vithara, and Witch Stand. On the bass, the incomparable studio cat, Carol K. Yeah. On the drums, Bill Goodwin. Yeah. That same Bill Goodwin who has been throughout so many jazz recordings. Yeah, Bill Goodwin on drums. Mike Lang was on harpsichord and piano. Maurice Miller on drums. And in the middle of that, you heard this very trippy saxophone solo. That was none other than Tom Scott from Tom Scott and the L.A. Express. That same Tom Scott. And he was playing saxophone, flute, and electronics throughout the whole album. But, yeah, kind of crazy, huh? Totally different for Impulse Records, but that is definitely one of the highlights of my recent dig into the other side of Impulse Records, and I was just blown away. I'm like, what is this? And hopefully you thought the same thing too. So, Bill Plummer and the Cosmic Brotherhood, Journey to the East. Now, in the middle of that, we heard this very laid-back version of Elton John's Daniel by Elton John and Bernie Taupin. And that comes from Wade Marcus's 1976 Impulse release, Metamorphosis. Yeah. Um, it closes out the whole album. It features Joe Sample on keyboards. You may know Joe Sample from the Crusaders or Jazz Crusaders. Um, Sonny Burke, Lee Rittenauer, Henry Davis, Scott Edwards, Chuck DeMonico, Harvey Mason, Bill Summers, and Gary Coleman. Yeah, so half of um, that the smooth jazz group foreplay, Lee Rittenauer and Harvey Mason, uh, they are on this record from 1976. Now, the soloists... Include Lee Rittenauer, Jerome Richardson on sax, clarinet, flute, Red Holloway on the saxophone, Fred Jackson Jr., Warren Looning, Bill Green, Buddy Collette, and Dorothy Ashby. That's right. Dorothy Ashby of Afro-Harping fame. Yeah. Crazy. So it turns out, who is Wade Marcus? Well, turns out that Wade Marcus was a prolific an influential producer during the 70s. He's actually the cat who is responsible for producing albums by the Blackbirds, who, you know, was accompanying Donald Byrd. He also produced albums by Donald Byrd. He produced albums by Eddie Kendricks, The Silvers, The Dramatics, Gary Bartz, and The Great 
Stevie Wonder. Now, if you're sitting there and saying, like, what is this? This is cheesy, you know? Keep in mind that this album hit number 38 on the Jazz Albums chart. So, yeah, crazy, right? And not a lot of jazz cats really cover Elton John stuff. I mean, I know about the Pietro Tonolo album, you know what I mean? But this is this is different, you know what I mean? It was like a totally different vibe for Impulse Records. It was very strange. This is one of those that is a head-scratcher for the Impulse label. It really is. Now, we started off the set with a tune called Lonely Woman. And it featured the star of the album, vocalist Frida Payne. P-A-Y-N-E. And this comes from 1963 recording, released in 1964, the album's called After the Lights Go Down Low and Much More. Three exclamation points. This is 1963-64 Impulse, and this was produced by Bob Teal. It's Ornette Coleman's Lonely Woman. Now, Ornette Coleman had released this song, uh, and in some circles it's kind of considered like the anthem of free jazz, right? Quote-unquote free jazz, but... It was released in 1959. The original was released in 1959. And so they did not waste much time. Just a mere four years later, Bob Teal and Impulse got a hold of Frida Payne and said, you know, let's do this. And what's interesting is that the lyrics that she's singing to Lonely Woman were written by Margot Gurion. Now, here's a... Here's where it gets a little weird. Margot Gurion was actually the secretary to Bob Teal at Impulse Records. It's, it, it, yeah, go figure, right? Now, Frida Payne was only 21 when she recorded this album. In fact, it was her 21st birthday when she was recording this album. Right, September nineteenth. So, what were you doing when you were twenty-one? Were you recording a, you know, a land, a, a landmark jazz album for yourself on Impulse Records? <laughs> yeah. But that's what Frida Payne was doing. She and, and it's full of great songs on the whole album. You know, "Sweet Pumpkin," "Blue Piano," written by Duke Ellington. Uh, Sweet September, I Cried for You, which was made famous years and years ago by Billie Holiday, "Round Midnight." by Thelonious Monk, I Wish I Knew, um, by Harry Warner and Matt Gordon, Out of This World, by Harold Arlen and Johnny Mercer, and Ornette Coleman's Lonely Woman. Now, besides Frida being the vocalist and the, the main attraction on this album, Manny Album, the guy who did so much of the, the West Coast albums, he was the arranger and conductor for the album. Now, on the particular track that we heard, Lonely Woman, it's a killer personnel. I mean, Walter Perkins is on drums. Art Davis is on the bass. Jim Hall is on guitar. The inimitable Hank Jones is on piano. And that little saxophone solo that you heard throughout, that alto sax was none other than the great Phil Woods. Yeah, 
Phil Woods, Walter Perkins, Hank Jones, Art Davis, Jim Hall backing Frida Payne up with arrangements by Manny Album. And throughout the album, there's tons of other great cats as well. You got Ernie Royal, Nick Travis, Bob Brookmeyer, Quentin Butter Jackson, Zoot Sims. It just goes on and on and on. So Frida, I'm not gonna lie, full disclosure, Frida Payne was a new name to me. Like I said, and I've been listening to jazz for decades, right? Probably more than the average bear. But I was thrilled. I mean, Lonely Woman's already one of my favorite tunes. I'm a saxophone player, so yeah, I'm kind of partial to saxophone tunes. But this was a really nice version. And it's different, I might add. It's not the first time that, you know, um, there's been vocals attached to Ornette's song, Lonely Woman. There was the Marzette ensemble as well but that was more like a choir uh taking that on this is different this is really cool you know and uh, yeah it's a head scratcher but you know that was some of the forward thinking that bob teal was doing on impulse in 1963 so kudos kudos hopefully you dug it too that's what we're doing we're sharing some of these hard to believe tracks and albums and artists on uh, this particular episode of the podcast is called Another Side of Impulse Records. And we still got a set to go, but before we get on to the last set of music, we want to remind you that you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, Amazon, you know, Apple, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Podbean, no matter what, we are there, or we should be there. So please pass it on to any friends or pals of yours if you know that they would dig this kind of podcast or music. We'd really appreciate it. On top of that, we have a website that features the track, the artist, and the album artwork in the order in which they're played, so that way you know exactly what to go and find in your local record store if you have one. Uh, Always support local folks. Or if you don't have a local record store, you know what to order or what you can add to your streaming or your playlist, etc. Because we're just trying to make everybody's life a little happier, a little lighter, a little groovier, right? So on the website, you can also click at the top contact, write us an email. It will pop up a blank box and it'll shoot it right to me. And I will write you back, guaranteed, okay? So, um, yeah, also if you have a quick minute, we'd love a positive review on Apple Podcasts. We're so close to getting that perfect rating and we're just really working diligently here, you know what I mean? We don't ask for donations or anything like that. So, we just ask for, you know, if you've got a, a minute or two to write a positive review, that would sure help us out, okay? So, enough from me. We got one more great set of music on this episode of the podcast, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to another side of Impulse Records here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Good evening. I am filling in for the man who regularly works this shift, and um, it is my assignment now to interview one of the most influential of today's young musicians, a man equally at home in the fields of pure jazz, rock and roll, folk rock, rock folk, rock folk, and whatever. Here is... Sonny Cool. That's right, man. Here I is. Yes. Mr. Cool, you are currently appearing in town with the Sonny Cool Sextet. Uh, tell me, who are the members of your sextet? Well, uh, there's like me, mm-hmm. 
and my drummer Crash Diet, mm -hmm. and uh, my flautist Mohammed Jones. Well, that's only three people. How about the other four that make up the sextet? Yeah, how about them? They're too much. Actually, they rarely show up. But it's cool, because uh, when we get to their choruses, like, uh, we just lay out and think about what they would play if they were on the scene, you dig? I'm not sure. Uh, tell me, uh, what is your instrument, Mr. Cool? Well, I play the ivories. I see, you play the piano. No, man, not the piano, the ivories. It's a, a bunch of elephant tusks laced together. I see. I doubt it. It makes a groovier sound, but uh, while you're playing, you gotta keep an eye on the trunk every inch of the way, man, because it can reach right out and grab you by the clavement, you know. Oh. How did you happen to form your sextet, Mr. Cool? Well, uh, like I took these young cats and I welded them into a real fine group, you know. I welded them into a boss outfit. Uh -huh. You see yourself then as a band leader? No, uh, as a welder. I see. What are your hobbies, Sonny? Well, man, uh, like I dig sports cars. In fact, uh, I'm now driving a crazy set of wheels. Really too much. It's got full pipes, six carburetors, twin gaskets, and it does a groovy 125 in second. And now I'm saving up some bread to get some extra equipment for it, something I've always wanted. And what's that? A steering wheel. <coughs> what's the matter, man? <coughs> I, I think I need a little... A uh, drink to, uh, as we say, to wet my whistle. Yeah, well, uh, what's that uh, shiny little thing you took out of your pocket that you're uh, drinking out of, man? Oh, uh, that's a hip flask. It don't look so hip to me. Uh, yes, never mind. Listen, now, you mentioned your uh, flautist. Uh, I'm not familiar with that word. What does a flautist play? He plays the flout, man. You putting me on? Well, yes, I, I put you on here about uh, two minutes ago, and we've both been on since then. Crazy. What are you on? I'm on the air. Oh, groovy. I'll have to try that. Some sort of zen or yogi scene, I suppose, huh? I'm afraid, sir, that I don't follow you. I'd be afraid if you did, man. Uh, well, tell me, where are you playing in town? At what club? Well, last week, we played at the Banana Boat, mm -hmm. and now we're at a place called something else. And what else is it called? What else is what called? The place you're playing. I just told you, it's something else. Never mind. Uh, what uh, songs, Mr. Cool? What songs are you recording at present? Well, uh, like I just did an album called Sonny with Strings. Oh, you use violins. No, man. Strings. You know, like twine, thread, skinny rope. I see. Yeah, you can get groovy sounds out of them little things if you pluck them just right, you dig? Mm -hmm. But I recorded some nice old tunes, some, uh, some mood things. I see. Such as? Such as Stokely Carmichael's Stardust. I see. Uh, Mr. Cool, you have a lot of young fans who, if you don't mind my saying so, wear strange clothes and uh, seem to live by their own rules. What do you think of boys with hair longer than their girlfriends? With hair longer than their girlfriends what? I don't know. I, don't know. I must say, I, I'm not the regular man here, you understand. I'm just filling in. I dig, I dig. Yes. I must say that I, uh, I don't seem to be doing a very good job of uncovering the real inner Sonny Cool. I wonder what makes you tick. Oh, I don't know, man. Unless it's this uh, cheap wristwatch I'm wearing. But don't worry, Pops. After all, we just met. 
Well, not really. Uh, oddly enough, you see, you literally bumped into me at the airport here in town about six weeks ago. Oh, excuse me, man. Uh, sorry I took so long to apologize. Well, it's, it's nothing. Uh, now, Mr. Cool, you, uh, you're also a composer of music. Just how do you write your songs? Oh, brilliantly, man. Brilliantly. That's not quite what I... Well, never mind. One last question. What would you advise young people who want to follow in your footsteps? Well, if they find anything I drop, I hope they'll bring it to me before the fuzz finds it. Uh, but seriously, I think young cats who want to make the scene should form a group and get a good name for themselves. How do you mean, get a good name? Well, you know, like the Electric Prunes, the Chocolate Watch Band, the Jefferson Airplane, <laughs> the Only Alternative and his other possibilities. In oh. fact, I invented a name machine that can make up names all by itself. Name machine? How does it work? Well... It's got two sections, man. One section is full of adjectives like chocolate, electric, yellow, velvet, sideways, and so forth. Mm -hmm. Then the other section is full of nouns. Nouns. Like watch band, applesauce, sweatshirt, hockey puck. You dig? I think so, yes. Now, you just take a word from column A uh -huh. and a word from column B, mm -hmm. and you automatically got the name of a new group. Now, look here. Let's shake up the box. That's it. Now... We got the chocolate catcher's mitt. Oh, yes. The electric bird seed. I see. Let me shake that thing up there. Oh, look what I've got. The velvet garbage can. And the peanut butter brassiere. Oh, yes. And it fell into place all by itself. <laughs> it's not our fault. Let's see here. The... Oh, look at that. The oatmeal typewriter. <laughs> and here's the molasses draft card. Yes. Let's see what these two words. The Presbyterian sunflower. And the psychedelic postage stamp. Yes, the chocolate dress shield. This is remarkable how this thing is. The unmitigated frame. Thank you.
Groove-alicious. Alright, so let's take it in order there. The very first track we heard was a tune called Sunny Cool. Yeah, and it comes from the album A Lovely Bunch of Al Jasbo Collins and the Benditos. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was just kind of cut off. But yeah, it's maybe it's meant to be for the imagination. Who knows? But it's from 1967. Features Terry Gibbs on the vibraphone. Uh, Steve Allen on the piano and also as a uh, narrator there. Um, Al Casey on the guitar along with Mel Brown. Hal Blaine on the drums along with Paul Humphrey. This was a Bob Teal produced album for 1967 for Impulse. And the main artist is none other than Al Jasbo Collins. I love Jasbo. Uh, he's a very cool dude. Um, but this was a totally different thing. I had no idea that he was even on the Impulse record label, even for a record. So there you go. And he's absolutely, you know, just being his quirky, usual self, and it's wonderful. But, uh, yeah, Al Jasbo Collins with his album On Impulse. Another head-scratcher there. Go figure. Then in the middle of that set, we heard some funky organ stuff by Gloria Coleman and her quartet featuring Paula Roberts. And this is from 1963, another Bob Till-produced album for Impulse. We heard Melba's Minor. No doubt a nod to the great Melba Liston, the great trombonist. Um, yeah, Leo Wright was on alto sax. You may remember him from uh, some work with Dizzy Gillespie. And on the guitar, the one and only Grant Green. Killing it. Yeah. So what's interesting about this is that... This, this whole organ quartet was half female, which was unheard of in 1963 when it was recorded and released. Um, it's pretty awesome, though. I mean, there's some funky stuff going on, hard swinging as well. Uh, the thing about Gloria Coleman is she's actually the wife of tenor saxophone giant George Coleman. Yeah, so it's kind of like one of those Shirley Scott, Stanley Turrentine things, you know what I mean? So, good for them. There you go. I'm sure there was a lot of grooving uh, jam sessions in the house. So, yeah. But Gloria Coleman, a, a name that has escaped me in a lot of jazz listening. So, you know, hopefully you dug that track as much as I did. So, then we ended the song with a, or we ended the, the set with a song called Chicken Fat off of the debut album by guitarist Mel Brown. Paul Humphrey's on drums, Ronald Brown's on the bass, Gerald Wiggins is on the organ, and on rhythm guitar, the one and only Herb Ellis. That's right, Herb Ellis was laying down rhythm guitar behind Mel Brown. And it's the same Herb Ellis from the Oscar Peterson trio way back in the day. This was recorded in 1967, and this was a quote-unquote impulse discovery by Bob Teal. So, yeah. Uh, it's a fantastic, groovy uh, kind of organ sound. I'm sure it was to combat some of the um, 
high sales from Jimmy Smith and other organists like that, Brother Jack McDuff, etc. Uh, but what I got from this being, you know, Mel Brown being an, just first of all an awesome guitarist and soloist was a complete meters vibe. So I had to go back and look just to make sure, but the meters formed in 1965. That's two years before Mel Brown released the, and recorded this album. So it's potentially possible that he was listening to some Leo Nocentelli by the meters and, and grabbing that. Now, as much as I love funky New Orleans stuff, you can tell that I really love me some Mel Brown. So, yeah, Chicken Fat by Mel Brown. Hopefully you dug it too. So, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, we want to thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your day or your evening. Remember, we are nothing without you. So, we really do appreciate you. Uh, don't forget to check out the website. Share the web, the podcast if you get a chance with a friend who might dig this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we're just trying to brighten everybody's day. So, uh, in the famous words of Duke Ellington, you are very beautiful, you are very gracious, you are very lovely, and we do love you madly. And so, until next time, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now, because in jazz, we trust.